for those of people who don't know me, I am Jacqueline Furness. I would love you to just say thank you, Tom, because it was his brilliant idea that said, hey, don't you think we should do check-in at the congregational meeting so you can thank him on the way out? <laughs> and the willingness to get here at 3.30 to make sure that the checkout worked. Series, I am so grateful for that you guys took your time and your energy to be able to have us all come together and to be able to reflect a little bit about what happened last year, to be able to peek into next year, to be able to celebrate the amazing things that so many of you have walked into and a chance. So here is your opportunity to roll in the back of your mind as we go we want to hear the testimony. Sometimes we miss what are the amazing things happening in people's lives because our venue for that sometimes is only Sunday. So we want you to share what God has been doing personally in your life, whatever that means for you. So this is a night of Thanksgiving. It's a night to be able to celebrate how we have come together. So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to begin. So, Father God, thank you for family. Thank you for people who call this place, at this time, in this place of history, family. Thank you for everything, for every way that people have put their heart, their time, their hands, their feet, and their resources into this family. We want to celebrate that. We want to honor you, God, as you have opened hearts and moved people forward. So we, could, we dedicate, we commit this time to you, and we just ask that we could be sensitive to every way that you're moving and speaking into the hearts of the people here and into the opportunities that are going to unfold in 2016. Lord, I just bless this and ask for more in the name of Jesus. So think about your testimonies. We are about to begin, and the very first person who gets to share, particularly 2015, is Steve. Yay! With his name tag on, I'm <laughs> Steve is... <laughs> No introduction? No introduction? Okay. Sorry. Good evening. <laughs> Thanks, Jacqueline. Uh, so, yes, my name is Steve Orender. Lori, my wife, and I have been attending here for 20-ish years. We first came, I think, when we were in elementary school. And uh, there are a number of things that I wanted to kind of share this evening. But um, most importantly, I would just ask that all of us really pray for the staff and the elders as a group, right, for this church. Because... Uh, I don't, if you're in a church on a daily basis, I don't think you realize all the things that come at leadership, uh, spiritually and, uh, and just in the day to day. So I just encourage us all to, uh, to be very prayerful in that. So, uh, Marcia, can you throw up on the screen a few of the things that we're going to talk about? One of the things that I think is important, uh, and we've talked about this as an elder group, is how do we structure our elder team? to most effectively support the staff, to most effectively stewardship the re or steward the resources that we have, and, and really focus on the, the overall stewardship of, of the organization. 
And so what we've done is we've divided our elder team into uh, three different teams, missions and outreach, growth and development, finance and facilities. And you can see who is on each team. Uh, I lead the finance and facilities team, Christine McNeil. Christine, you want to raise your hand? All right. She, she uh, handles the growth and development team. And then uh, Doug Hall, who's ill this evening, has the uh, missions and outreach team. And you can see all the folks, uh, uh, them below there, and we're going to recognize some of those folks this evening. Some are rolling off, and then the elders that come in will fill in to those, uh, to those spots. So that's the structure of the organization uh, as a whole. And uh, Marsha, you want to go to the next slide? <clears throat> so from a missions and outreach standpoint, if you look at our total budget, so total income coming into the organization, uh, we tithe 10%. Back up just a little bit. So we tithe 10%. And that's one of the things that the, the uh, missions and outreach group are, are really chartered with is how do we use that 10%. Right. So um, what we've been working on, or specifically what Doug Hall and his group have been working on, are creating consistent ways for us to take those dollars and put them back into the community, benevolence-wise, missions-wise, and so forth. And over the past year, they've created a, a full infrastructure of how I apply for a grant, how I apply to go on a mission trip, those kinds of things that are very clear and uh, equal for all parties. So that's been very, very good. And then what they do as a group as they get the applications back is they review those and determine where those dollars go. So the next slide would show some of the things that we focused on. So the total 10% of the budget would be 50810 And some of the, the items that we support are Poor House, Brian Beeson, Emily, Shauna, and uh, Help for Haiti. Obviously, those don't know to add up to $50,000, but those are examples of some of the grants and the gifts that have been given over the last year. So Doug Hall has done an exceptional job putting those pieces together. Let's give it up for Doug Hall. All right. Next slide. What's that? Yes, you'll hear it on the tape, Doug. Thank you. Doug has the best radio voice, too, man. He's, he's unbelievable. So, oh, yep, back up. It's not you. I, I believe it's not you. It's your birthday. It can't be you. Uh, so staff development, Christine runs this group. Again, there are kind of some key areas that we looked at for 2015, consistent full-time staff review process. So both Randy and Barry had reviews this year. It's good, right? It's a two-way uh, conversation. This, these are the things we want to accomplish. Okay, let's look at 2016 and so forth. Uh, consistent engagement with all staff through staff elder pairings. So there have been uh, elders that have been assigned to the staff to be able to encourage them, just keep up to speed on, on what's going on in their ministries. And then when new staff are needed, um, that group hasn't been involved with creating things like job descriptions, following through on exactly what we want from each position, and then following up after people have been hired to ensure that they, there's alignment uh, in assisting Randy in that process. Next one. Uh, the finance and facilities team. Back up. <laughs> uh, obviously, we have a budget here, right? So everything is run based upon a budget that is for incoming and outgoing. I'll show you some numbers here in just a second. It is a little bit different than a business environment because you have income and you have expenses and you have a tithe, right? So we'll go through those numbers here in just a second. But really the, the group that, that I'm involved with most directly, we develop and maintain the budget. We minimize indirect expenses. The less we can spend on other things, the more we can spend on ministry. And that's what we want to do. We want to invest in the ministry as much as possible. And then uh, most recently, the oversight of the Seed and Soil Initiative, that was a big success uh, from a, the standpoint of raising funds and being able to look into the future a bit. Okay, Marcia, just one? Okay. Yeah! Okay. So total giving for last year, 587. 
If you look at the dollars and cents, the tithe, again, 50810 total expenses, 571 So if you look at the dollars and cents-wise, you'd think, well, giving was more than expenses. But then you take the 50000 out, right? So it actually creates a little bit of a deficit there, so about $40,000 deficit. So it's a little different, again, than, than you look at in normal debits and credits. And you can see then, um, kind of by the pie chart there, how those expenses are, are laid out. A fair amount in compensation because our budget isn't that big. And then the second would be the uh, facilities expense of the building that we're in. Next slide. Seed and soil initiative. If you remember, there were three key areas that we were focusing on with seed and soil. Of the 102,000 raised, we have currently collected right at 79,000, I believe. And uh, those numbers are, are laid out accordingly. Uh, Randy, I'm sure, and the, the staff will get into a few more details on this, but those are how the dollars will be allocated for seed and soil. Happy to answer any questions that you may have uh, relative to that. Next slide. So 2016, what does that look like? Projected budget, 546. Projected tithe, 49. And expenses, 496.6. One of the things you might be doing if you're a mathematician is you may be thinking, well, wait a second, that's not 10%. Right? So 10% in 2015, the 50,000 was not 10% of what the gross was. The difference is what's called designated giving. So we have some folks that give to specific folks who are going on mission trips. So say I give $1,000 to uh, Lori. I would do that uh, <laughs> to go on a mission trip. That $1,000, if we tithe on that, the church is actually paying out of our pocket in addition to. So the way we account for those is we don't put that into the missions giving side. We just pass it through. So that's a dollar for dollar pass through. So roughly ten to $15,000, depending on the year, is designated giving. So that's the difference. I think that was the last one. Is that right, Marcia? Yeah. So here's my contact information. I would just encourage you, if you have any questions or concerns or at any time uh, want to know more details, be happy to, uh, to share that with you. One of the things that Lori and I have really appreciated about working with the staff here is that everybody's very open. I mean, everything's on the table, so there, there are no, you know, elephants in the room or anything like that. And I'd just like to say, because I'm stepping off as an elder, that I've really appreciated working with the staff, working with the elders. Uh, and a lot of folks don't realize, but you have your elder meeting, then you have sub-meetings. These people put in a lot of time and effort, and it's really a blessing to serve. So appreciate uh, your time this evening. Questions and answers later? Yeah, I guess I'm finished. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So Steve just alluded to it, but there is a little unknown secret about this church, which is you really can step out of a position and into something else. So we get to honor the elders who are stepping out of their season of serving as an elder. We're excited to see other places that they get to be able to participate in the church. But in this one, they're leaving the elder team. I am so excited. So Steve just said he's leaving. It has been such an honor because you know how there are some people who are live in your head? And Steve Orinder lives in my head as a man of excellence. He really, when I'm trying to figure out something, it really is the, what is, who is the best person? And how can I honor them with everything that they're doing and giving is the question that Steve has in my head. He has been such an asset to bring both quality but also care 
for the people and for us as a staff. So, so grateful for you. John Copeland, do you want to stand just so they can at least see you? Three years? Were you on for the whole time? So honored when he said yes. Because when he said yes, we were brought into an environment of such kindness and care and servanthood. And he truly has been an elder who has come to me, I can't tell you how many times, and just said, what can I do? What do you need? So, so happy to serve with you. And so grateful that you took this time and the energy and gave it to us as an elder. Yay. So this is going to be really important because you're going to have to do this really loud because Mary Lou is going to have to hear it all the way in Kansas City because she is in a ministry school. But Mary Lou Beeson, I'm sure a lot of you, she's been around, also is stepping off the elder team. And what she brought is such a passion for missions. And not only just missions like let's go do it, but a heart to connect us to what we're doing. And so she has been a voice for people who don't have a voice and has brought heart and passion to every time that she's stepped and has served as an elder for us and the team and on behalf of all of you. So can you all just kind of scream, thank you, Mary Lou. And then it's a whole new season for the missions team because Doug Hall is also stepping down. And so of the four in the team, two of them are stepping down. So they get to kind of be able to take this amazing foundation that Doug brought and to just bring more to the table. And Doug did work absolutely. So his, I'm going to give you a little hint about him. His passion is what in the world is God doing and how can we bring it to this church and what are the strategies necessary to be able to do it? So he's sick tonight, so that's why he's not here. But if you can scream so he gets to hear how much you appreciate what he did. Perfect. And so, I don't know why I said, you're next. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that people understand that uh, the elders are supposed to have a three-year limit, so they're term limits, right? So when we say we're stepping off, that means that we've hit our three years, or in my case, five years. So you can apply for re-election, I guess. But, uh, so people are filling their terms and then stepping off. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so when Jacqueline says stepping off, it, it makes it sound like we're out of here. Um, I think of it as rolling off. Uh, and uh, so the goal here is that we would... I mean, we're to the point now where we have these three teams. We have 12 elders. We have four on a team. And if every year four roll off, then every year four can roll on, do a three-year term. And that way we have – we're not a congregational form of government, but it's a way that many people can be involved in leadership in the church. And it's not just a few at the top all the time, forever and ever. Amen. So that's very purposeful over the last years, building that rolling three-year thing. Um, Steve just kept rolling, so that was the five-year. Okay. So what we want to do now um, is we want to recognize and install the new elders. So uh, Roxanne, Josh, and John, you want to come forward? I don't think we'll be able to scream loud enough for Keith Gilbert to hear us in Mexico. 
Um, but come on forward, and if you can stand facing the crowd. Um, <clears throat> so we've been uh, through the process of nominations. There were 31 nominations, and um, the current elder team prayed, considered, talked, and uh, we prayed for and um, received from God discernment, and we asked these four elders to, uh, to, take, uh, to take leadership. And they all four said yes, which I was really thrilled about. Yeah. So I, I, I promise I wouldn't make them uh, speak or anything, so I won't do that. But Josh Heaston, Roxanne Crosby, and John Atkins, and just pretend like I'm Keith Gilbert. Shikababa. That's what, that's what Keith would say if he was here. Keith and Judy are ministering uh, to a vineyard conference in uh, Puerto Vallarta. Just really suffering for Jesus down there. Um, and I texted back and forth with him. So in any case, we'd like all current elders and staff from the back, come on up, and we want to pray for these, uh, install them, ask the Holy Spirit to come and give them all they need. Yeah. And the, old, the elders that we just rolled off can roll on up for the last time. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> uh, great question from the front row. Which teams are they going to be on? Still under discernment. So uh, what I'll do here is if you guys just want to uh, put your hands out, I'm going to pray a general prayer for them. And if any of the current elders or staff want to want to pray anything, I'll just pass the, uh, the mic around. Okay. Father, we thank you for uh, these four, including Keith, in the spirit. We thank you for their willingness to serve. I thank you, God, for raising them up, for placing them in this body with your perfect purpose in mind. I thank you for the gifts that you've given to them. Most of all, God, for the people that they are, their characters. And I just uh, ask that you would now anoint them with the power, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, that as they are walking as elders in their lives, now they would be uh, anointed as elders in a spiritual sense to help to lead, to guide, to pray for and support this body. Father, we uh, would ask that you would allow um, just your mantle to, to rest on them, that um, maybe they will function in a way they haven't functioned before as they step into this, this place of servanthood. Uh, Lord, we know in the New Testament when someone stepped forward as an elder, it pretty much put a bullseye on them, and they were willing to actually put a circle of protection around the flock. And I thank you for their, their willingness to, to sacrifice. And I pray that, Lord, you would uh, uh, just empower them to do this with great joy. Yes, Lord, we just pray that they would, uh, they would truly be able to accept the joy in serving. And uh, I thank you that you've been preparing each one of these men and women to, uh, to serve. And I pray for unity, Lord and clarity of purpose, and uh, just joy in the journey. I pray that the gifts and talents that you've put in each one would be uh, would be clearly played out in the group. And uh, we just pray that even as they sleep, that they would feel your peace and your grace for them, and that they're walking in, in the season that you've called them to. So I thank you for each one, Lord.
just want to tell you, uh, uh, the four of you, <laughs> that we affirm you as elders. We thank you for your willingness to serve. And we just pray for the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit upon you as you serve. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay. Give a clap. <laughs> Well, my name's Barry Tucker, and I'm the family. Is it on? Okay, I'm the family pastor, and uh, I just wanted really to um, to really affirm Brian and Heather uh, Wignall, who actually has stepped in to a new position. Um, as you know, it's been like right at one year that they actually stepped stepped forward because of just a need of someone to shepherd our teens and our youth, and they have faithfully been doing that. I'm so thankful that, you know, Brian has a long history of um, being a discipler and and um, and also Heather's been kind of a life coach. And so they really are um, serious about mentoring our kids and discipling our teens and, um, you know, even shifting from Sunday night where we were just had a handful of teens that we were able to minister to now it's Sunday morning. And that's been intentional, too, to also give room for the rest of you guys who have teaching gifts and equipping gifts to actually make a deposit there with them. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to, to Brian and Heather for uh, the work that they're doing. And, um, and also, once uh, we started going down this path of just creating a culture of discipleship, what I've really been blessed with is just seeing the number of people that have surfaced Actually, um, when we started our discipleship cohort last year, um, one of the things that happened soon after that is Jessica Heaston said, I want to take all that material that you've been using to disciple the adults and actually to actually create kind of an equipping track for families and for kids. So she, at a great, you know, just with a great amount of effort, actually took all of our discipling material and actually set up, coordinated all of the lessons with, uh, with the resources that she's used for years discipling her own kids. And so we actually uh, are creating, part of the seed and soil money we're going to use is we're going to create a library for uh, families to actually disciple their kids and, um, and their teens. Uh, another thing that has happened just recently, Michelle Fulber had another baby. And she basically said, yay, yeah. so you guys are very, you take serious, be fruitful and multiply. We've got lots of babies around here. And Michelle said, you know what, it's like, you know, she said, we need to cultivate all of these little hearts. So even though I can't be teaching and serving uh, in the Sunday school rooms, she said, I want to actually pray by name for every one of our kids and all of our teenagers so that on a regular basis, those kids are getting prayer cover so that the soil of their hearts will actually be cultivated. So Michelle is going to be starting that in February, and you know she's worked with Tom to get a, a list of all of our current kids that are that are here. And as new kids are coming on, those kids are going to get um, you know specific prayer because in general, I pray for the kids. But I don't pray by name for every one of these kids, and, and I'm so thankful. I think that's going to have a major effect. 
uh, on actually just seeing kids being, you know, open to, to the Lord because, you know, at this point, pretty much across the board, after uh, a child actually hits their 18th birthday, even if they've been in church their whole life, you know, about 80% of those kids walked away from the Lord. And uh, a lot of that is is just because, you know, they hadn't had a chance really to get grounded by their own families in the faith uh, because you guys are actually going to be the ones that will be the best disciplers of your kids. You know, at best, we have, we'll have your kids for an hour or two, but we want to be real intentional about giving you confidence and giving you tools that you can use to equip your kids. So that's going to be one of the things we're going to be doing with the portion of the seed and soil money that is designated for uh, children and youth. And um, so trying to think if I'm forgetting anything, but I think those were just kind of some of the highlights. Um, but uh, another thing that that I'm doing right now, I just, I just started a class last week for one-on-one discipling. And, and so... I've got about five or six people in my class right now, and so that's just another component that we're actually giving to people is saying, okay, we have the resources, but we also want to equip you that if you do get a new disciple, well, actually, how do you develop a relationship with this new disciple? And so we're kind of doing a boot camp for that right now. So uh, it's just uh, I, I'm excited about, probably more excited than ever about being here and seeing um, so many people stepping up and taking seriously, like, I, I want to, you know, I want to disciple my kids. And probably out of everything last year that has, um, you know, that stuck in my memory is something that that Josh Heaston shared with me whenever uh, he just had shared. It's like he grew up in the church. Mom and dad took him to church every Sunday. Um, but they pretty much expected the church to disciple him and he said in his whole time you know as in a committed christian he never really had one spiritual conversation with his family not and that doesn't mean they're bad people at all it just means i think a lot of just felt like i don't know how to do this or i don't know that i need to do this and so we're just seriously saying okay how do we do this better and so so if you have uh thoughts please let me know one of the cool things we were able to do in the last uh, six months is we had two round tables just with just with the representation of uh, people from the church that actually had kids and youth and and tried to just hear how are we doing you know what do we need to do better how can we do it better and so uh, I've been thankful that uh, people have been you know just letting us know how we can improve on what we're doing so I know I've that's pretty much it. Questions later, right? Okay. Thank you, guys. My absolutely funnest moment of any meeting, which is we get to celebrate you. So we want to take a moment and just publicly thank you for all the work that you've done and the ways that you have stepped up. And so I'm going to just have... And then it also gives you a chance to see who these people are. So we're going to do this really quickly. I want to say that if you – I just want you to be really adult here, and if we miss you, don't go and leave the meeting going, oh, <laughs> they didn't recognize me, but to stand up and say, this is who I am. 
So this is your permission. I really want to start, though, and just with um, the worship team and Michelle and Eric and David and Ray and Jim are here. Can you just, we just want to just have you stand. If you're on the worship team, Michelle's here as a leader. Just want to thank you, Lori, Steve. <laughs> we could not have the church we have without them. And so we sincerely thank you for the time, energy, and effort that you put in and for all of the sacrificial and of all the prayers that goes into making not only Sunday, but to make the church happen. So thank you. Also want to thank Jeff. So Jeff, if you want to stand up, he leads on Sunday morning the prayer ministry team. So if you're on that team, do you want to just stand? I love the fact that many of you could stand up and down and up and down, which is just so beautiful. And then in that note, I also want to recognize Jane and Jeff as the, along with Kindle, really launching the Kingdom School of Ministry. So do you guys want to stand up? And this is very different. So this is the existing team that fosters that. But if you're in the school, stand up. Is any of you who are actually in the school? So thank you for par- pioneering a brand new thing in our church in 2015. And then I would love if Jane would stand up. You may all not have participated in this, but Jane Falken actually does our anointing prayer. And that is not, <laughs> of the many roles she has, anointing prayer is what I'm recognizing. So. <laughs> she also cleans the church. And so as you are being due diligent in caring for our building, she's the person that you can thank. Next to her is John and Bev, who are... Do you want to just stand up a minute? They have taken on an awesome responsibility of being able to do mission trips to Roatown and take our vineyard as a group to new territory. So thank you. Nancy, I'm going to just brush. I would just love to have you stand for a minute. She, I just, I want to acknowledge her because she is what the healing, the spiritual, emotional healing of this church is because of the hard work for years and years and dedication that she has had to bring us into a place where we're no longer talking about brokenness, we're talking about wholeness. And that's everything to do with her. She's looking for the miraculous. Delena is in the back. If you want to just stand, she oversees our Sozo ministry. So if you've ever, one of the amazing things about the Sozo ministry that she that she oversees is that 90% of those are people that come outside the church. So she is doing some of the groundwork missions work, the taking it out, just by being available with her team. It is an amazing thing. This is so much fun because I just, (laughs) I'll wait. (laughs) Chris, do you want to stand up? And just everyone who works in the community 
center, community night, who does um, the tutoring class llamas. So. As they now start to rise. <laughs> that was all you. <laughs> I think there is nothing um, more humble than Chris and, more, and nothing more difficult than to do such a broad, um, diverse kind of ministry while you're working an overwhelming full-time job. And you do an amazing job. We are so grateful for what you do and how you do it. So Roxanne and Jane, I want you guys to stand because they are doing a discipleship cohort. And again, when you're investing in the lives of people, it takes a lot of time and energy and thought. And so we're so grateful for it. And I would not want to leave the men's cohort out of this. So Randy, Austin, and Eric, if you want to stand up. Yay for the men. I told them all, do not let me forget anyone. <laughs> we want to particularly thank the Marsha, who I hope stood for the tech team and worship and the things that they do. But uniquely, Tom, Marsha, and Mike do so much of the behind the scenes. Tom and F1, Marsha and F1, Mike and doing all the technology. We just want to acknowledge you guys because we are so grateful for unsung heroes and people who are willing to put in all the hard work. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Ron, would you have stood up if we would have forgotten you? <laughs> so, Ron, will you stand up? Because, again, this is an area that we would not be able to touch outside of our country without Ron having stayed diligently and with us and encouraged us and given us a window and then a door to be able to walk through. So thanks, Ron. Jubilante, I was going to, so I'm going to just personally thank you guys for the ways because they came in to the team when we birthed that and served can I just be honest, more times than you really wanted to, but it's amazing what a servant heart will do when it's a stand-up and so we can just appreciate. <laughs> Paul and, and Rebecca are visionaries, so they brought a lot of vision in order to, into the Jubilate, which is so helpful, and have just done some amazing things with youth and partnering in mission. So passionate missions, hearts, people. Seed and soil team, you guys could take my. So if you were on that team for the seed and soil, so Roxanne, Randy, Steve, Eric. So Nancy and Logan were part of that. Do you all know what that team was? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Clap for him. Yeah. That, that seed and soil team, I mean, really developed the idea of seed and soil, helped us think through the, the, the way to communicate, how do we resource the farmstead so that discipleship is real, and put the graphics together and all that stuff that you all know 
maybe isn't our strength over here, but um, they really did well. And um, Eric helped with those fun videos that we did in the fall and helped us to communicate seed and soil as a real practical life-giving uh, thing. I have another one. Do you want me to? Okay. I would just want to uh, thank Teresa Ott. Would you stand for a second? You, um, you may or may not know that an awful lot of the beauty outside of our building is because Teresa uh, comes in and just makes things beautiful and little stuff that happens outside. When you walk in and say, oh, that's really cool. Um, it's not because I did it, that's for sure. But Teresa comes and has made things beautiful here, and I just want to say thank you. Oh, I didn't know that. We want to acknowledge you, Tracy, as also contributing to the beauty of the building. So Tracy, just out of the goodness of her heart, do you know how you have go-to people? So stand up, Tracy, because you happen to be our go-to person for almost everything that needs to be done. including tonight, and she's not only a go-to person, but she's one of those people who calls you and says, hey, do you want snacks for this thing? <laughs> what are you doing for hospitality? So it's just a, it's a blessing to be able to have you. And Randy, do you want to stand up in the back, Randy? We are so blessed to have him because we needed, in order to stay partners with the poorhouse, we needed a connection for someone to take all of that stuff you donate and get it down to the people. And Randy stepped in, does it on Sunday nights, but stepped in and said, I will be responsible for that. So that is just huge and helpful, both in that we get to stay connected, but also we don't have clutter in our (laughs) lobby. All right. I have this last group. Yeah, Becky. (laughs) Becky is teaching a class this year, so we just really want to thank her. And her and I and Steve Sargent, things to come, are actually doing a ministry that we're calling A Place at the Table that you'll get to hear more about, so we'll do it. But she has been here for diligently serving. And then just very last, but not at least, of course, is if, the, if you have been a marriage mentor in this church, if you have helped, can you just stand so we can appreciate the time and effort that took? <laughs> you want to clap? Yay! And generally for the ways that you've served on these teams and the ways that you have stepped in and for the ways that God is moving you into the next season, um, we just from the bottom of our hearts want to say thank you. It is just a good day to be in this church. And our next thing is, oh, testimonies, the fun thing. Okay, so Jane is going to take the mic, and she is going to hand it to you. Remember, we're recording, so if you can speak into the mic, it helps. What, we want to hear from you, what has God been doing in this last year? We want to hear the exciting things. All right, I'll start then. Um, I just want to, I'm just really thankful. I know we already acknowledged um, Jeff and Kendall, but just Jeff coming up to us and saying, hey, what can I do? And then the Kingdom School of Ministry has just been such a blessing to me. And I just want to tell all of you guys, um, pop in. It, you're, you know, you're welcome to pop in. This year we're, we're doing identity and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And right now we're, we're really doing ministry of the Holy Spirit, so it's kind of a good time to pop in. It's on Tuesday nights, 6 to 9. Yeah. You want to start? Okay. 
Um, I just, we have the Cole email address, mystory@indievineyard.org, and thank you to the stories that are starting to come in. So I'm just going to start calling out a couple people I see because you have stories to share. So David <laughs> and um, Kim O'Mara and Lana, um, just to name a few. So just to get that testimony thing rolling. Um, this is really new. This is uh, Friday new, just a couple of days ago. Um, it's really neat when we were able to pray for our spouses and stuff like that, but I kind of had an experience where it kind of backfired on me, I guess is the best way to explain that. Um, so Delano is leaving first, go to work on Friday. I prayed that, you know, God would just bless her day and stuff. And uh, it felt for me at that moment that, my heart and God's heart connected. So I knew that that day would be a day that Delana would see the hand of God move in ways that she had not seen in a while. So it was just really cool. And uh, then later that day, I just seemed to have just the whole, really the whole day was just feeling God's presence in a way that just seemed a little bit different. Uh, at work, I was working away and I felt this puff of air coming from behind me above my head and I thought what in the world was that and I look up there's the air conditioner duct there is the air conditioner the air conditioner duct vent goes the other direction the air conditioner unit itself is not on so I'm trying to logically go through what is happening here and realize it was God who went and blew on me and I thought oh that's pretty cool so I quit looking at the vent and I started concentrating what I was doing again, and it happened again. For me, the picture came to mind of a father playing with his kids, where the kids playing with the toys, and the father would, you know, the kid would look around to see what's going on, and then go back to playing again, and he would do it again. That's, it was like God messing with me. It was just so fun. called me out. Um, a few months ago, we, where I work, we had a coat drive for the poorhouse. And I'm driving down the road, and I see a gentleman pushing a shopping cart with a coat with a blanket wrapped around. And I hear this voice say, turn around. So I start to turn around. I'm like, no, bad part of town. It's getting dark. No, get back in my lane. I hear, turn around. <laughs> so I start to turn around. I thought, no, I'm not, no. So that's the third time I finally turn around. I'm like, fine, I'll turn around. Got coats in my trunk. We'll see what's going on. Heading back up the road, and I can't find him, can't find him. I'm like, see, told you, leaving. And then, of course, he shows up. So I pull in the parking lot, and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what to say to this gentleman. But I get out of the car, and I say, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I see that you've got a blanket. Do you not have a coat? And he goes, no, no, ma'am, I don't. And I said, well, I have some coats in my trunk, because, you know, that's always what people have. And I said, would you like to take a look? And he goes, oh, yes, thank you. So he goes through the coats. He picks a couple. You know what this man who has everything he owns in his shopping cart with a blanket says to me? God is so good. He goes, I prayed today that God would notice me, and here you are. So I shook his hand. I said, can I ask your name? He said, my name's Gary, but everybody calls me Cowboy. I said, well, Cowboy is, is my pleasure. And I went back to Lori's sermon 
said several weeks before about finding your field. And, you know, I don't know who discipled who that day. Because here I am in my rented car, because my car was in an accident that my insurance company gave. And leaving a job where I get a paycheck, driving to my house where I'm covered and heat and running water. And this man who has nothing says to me, isn't God wonderful? So a few weeks later, I was driving down the road and saw Cowboy again, and we stopped at night. I said, did you have dinner? He said no. So we went to Culver's and had dinner and spent two hours. I prayed in an, out loud in a restaurant. I don't, I don't do that because, you know, people stare. I don't care. I'm with Cowboy. I don't care. And I, we prayed for dinner and just sat and talked for two hours. And I don't know how much of what he told me about his life is true or anything about him other than I just don't know who discipled who, but it was just such an awesome experience to listen to God because he was not giving up on this whole turnaround thing. And, you know, so anyway. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> um, God has just been showing me how good he is and how much he loves me and how much I can trust him for things. And um, anyway, this past year, I, I wrote into my story um, just because uh, things in my life had come to a point of where I was trying to do so many things and trying to keep everybody's universe going. <laughs> you, know, you know how that is. Um, and I got to the point of where I couldn't do it anymore. I, uh, God was, uh, I have a friend who has uh, lots of illnesses and stuff. And I was supposed to go um, take her to the laundromat. I got over to her apartment that morning. And, and she said, well, I don't really feel like going right now. And she gave me her keys. This is how God works. She gave me the keys to her apartment. Which I didn't tell you that in that story, but she gave me the keys to her apartment, and I left to take care of my mom. And then after my mom's house, I was like so tired. I'm thinking, oh God, I just I'm so tired. I don't really have it in me to go over there. I'll just try calling her, and if she's okay with it, then I'll just go home. I couldn't get a hold of her, you know. So I thought, okay, well let me try again. <laughs> you know, I tried three times. And I still couldn't get a hold of her. So I headed over to her house and used her keys, and I found her on the floor of her apartment. And um, called the ambulance. Uh, she was taken to the hospital. They said she had a seizure. And uh, then she went into rehab, and so then I was trying to take care of her cat and take care of her bills and uh, stuff like that. And it got to the point of where I couldn't function. I couldn't function anymore. I, I'm sorry. It's like I've never been through anything like that before of where people can talk to you and you don't even know what they're saying because you can't. It's like your comprehension skills have just kind of went out the window. And I couldn't do it. And um, anyway... I had to tell her, I love you, but I can't, you know, I don't know how much I can help you. And um, through all of this, God has taken care of her. She is now doing better than I have ever seen her. And um, 
So that's amazing. My mom is doing well. That's amazing. God is in that too. And then God has been good to me. He um, he helped me to get a part-time job, even though, like I said, I'm like staring at these people while they're telling me about this job going, hey, I don't really know what you're saying. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so, so even in that, he, he was uh, he was good to me. I get I have a part time job where I, I pick up mail and I get to drive a van and I get to turn on my K Love station and just worship God and talk to God while I drive around, and that has been a blessing to me. And He's just bringing healing. He's bringing healing to me. And um. And then also this past year. I know some of you know my daughter. She had a, she's had two miscarriages this year. And the second one, I think, hit a little harder than the first one. Um, just because everything we thought we thought we knew what the problem was and that it was taken care of, but it wasn't. But we, uh, she had started spotting, and um, she called her home group together, and uh, we all prayed. We fasted and prayed that day, and then met, met at the church that night uh, to pray. And basically, what it comes down to is, during that whole day, I just felt so much joy of the Lord, and. I kept the song that kept resounding in me is you're a good good father it's who you are and I showed up that night with it's a good he's a good good father it's who he is you know and um he just gave me such joy well the day after she did lose her her baby and uh the fact is that didn't change who he is he is still a good, good father, and he still loves us, and uh, so I just carry him with me. He is, he is, he is my Lord, and he is my rock, and he is, he is my joy. Um, so he's just, he's just showing me, you know, look, I have you, I have you, I have you. You can trust me. I love you. I love you. I love you. And so I don't know what else to say. It's just been, I'm like, okay, I can rest in him. I can trust him. He's got my back. He's got my friends. He's got the people I love. I don't have to carry them. He's got them. <laughs> so that's all. such a great time to tell a story. Anybody else? Um, my um, Since our congregational meeting last year, and um, something's kind of stuck with me, what Barry said about how we just have this time period with our kids. Uh, it's a window at up to 14. I don't know where it starts. 
414. I just have that 14 here mark. I'm like, okay, I'm on a clock <laughs> with my kids. I have got to get the Lord in as much as I can in them before they turn 14. And um, so we, let's last year, decided to homeschool our kids and become really intentional in, in discipling them. And um, it's been the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, every day is really hard um homeschooling them but um we start every day together just with the lord and it's interesting because kind of our school's theme song has become good good father and we just um will read or um talk about something with the lord and then we'll just lay in just in the lord's presence in that song and it's um it's been really cool so one day last december or november um fall uh, I was teaching my children about treasure hunts and how God likes to play games and he'll give us clues and we can, like, um, like God will give us a clue of, like, a man in a, or, like, a girl that looks like maybe with this color hair at this place at this maybe time. So my kids and I, we were taking, like, all these notes and all these clues that we were getting. And um, one thing my daughter said is, I see, I see a man with gray hair and a beard, kind of looks like Santa Claus, and at a park, and his back hurts, and we need, he, he, needs, he needs to be healed. His back needs to be healed. So I'm like, okay. So we went to the park. I'm like, well, let's go. We're going to the park. We're, we'll skip math and reading today. Let's go find that man. <laughs> and, um, uh, so we did. We went to park after park, and we went on hiking, and it was a lot of fun. And we stopped a lot of guys along the way and said, hey, does your back hurt? Can we pray for you? And not a single one of them had a hurt back. And But we got to pray for a lot of people. So I was like, okay, well, we'll just, um, I guess maybe we. it's not for today then. So um, anyway, I kind of totally forgot about that whole morning and the treasure hunt. And um a couple of weeks before Christmas, we were sitting at Sam's Club, and um, we've done our shopping, and I was getting the kids, you know, their dollar pizza or whatever, hot dogs, and we were sitting down to eat, and there's this um, man behind me, and, and I just looked at him, and he was in a wheelchair, and I was like, hey, so what are you having? He's like, oh, I'm just getting a drink. I'm like, all right. So I was like, put a drink on my, you know, I, I just got it for him, because so he was shuffling through his pockets. So I was like, just easier. It's like 50 cents. So um, got him a drink, and he was just like, you didn't have to do that. And I'm like, it's really not that big of a deal. It's a whole lot easier. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, Holy Spirit's like, ding, 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 clues, clues, clues. Old man, gray hair, beard, looks like Santa Claus in a wheelchair. And I look at Emma, and Emma just kind of looked at my daughter. She looks at me, and she's like, what, Mom? And I'm like, um, do you remember the treasure hunt? And she's like, yeah. And she looks at me, and she goes, oh. And I'll, so we were like, so does your back hurt? And he was like, yeah, I can't, I'm having a hard time walking, and I just have this pain in my back. And and he was like the sweetest, kindest old man. So I looked at him, and I said, well, okay, my God gave my daughter a vision of a man that looked just like you, said that his back hurt, and we need to pray for him to be healed. Do you mind if my daughter prays for you? And um, he was really sweet. He's like, oh, I love the Lord, too. He's so great. Yeah, he, he can pray for me. God, God likes kids, and he always hears the kids. And I was like, okay. So, and, and you know, he just totally uh, going along with it, but not really um, just entertaining my daughter, really. <laughs> um, sweet, sweet man. Um, so we sit down, and my daughter's like, I don't want to pray out loud, Mom. And I'm like, 
and he looked at her and he's like, you know what? That's okay. You just you pray in your heart right now, and and God and God will hear you. And she was just like, he's talking to me like. So she was taken back by that. She was she wasn't expecting that. And she looked at me like, is that okay? And I was like, sure, go for it. So we all sat there real quiet in the middle of Sam's Club. And he just kind of looks at me and he's like, is my back supposed to be tingling? And he gets up and starts walking around and he just was like, um, I, I don't feel any pain anymore. And my daughter is just like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is kind of a really cool story. want to give a testimony really quickly because it just as you as you all were talking there's you know if you give a little bit of what you have it sometimes has huge impact and so I was thinking of Ina and she was doing face painting in on Sunday mornings practicing and getting ready to do community night and the response of that delight and conversation that got started was so warm and loving and so the character of God. And in the same way that Ron Brush, who started making various people crosses and could give a message to this cross, and then he went to hearts. And someone who I didn't know, we happened to wear our heart necklaces on the same Sunday. And so we're standing and looking at each other's hearts, and we could share the story. And the touch that one man gave us to remember the love of Jesus. And I thought that is just so beautiful to be able to encounter God through a touch of somebody else's creativity. So on that, I'm going to... And I want to acknowledge, because I didn't... Is John Copeland, this is back to thanking you, but John oversees our counting team, so he is the person in his team who actually counts the money on Sunday and has to go through all kinds of qualifications to be able to do that. But can we just stand, John, so we can at least thank you for that. Um, if you've got stories that you did not tell, remember the website, the my story at indievineyard.org. Indie okay, all right. I want to just take the next 10 minutes or so, uh, take a little look into 2016, some of the things that we know and some of the things that we're uh, going after as a church and as a staff and um, some changes also, most of which you already know about. So number one, you know that Izzy uh, is, has left as our worship leader. I want to let you know that um, Nancy Hendrickson has taken that interim position. So you know, knew her before as Nancy Furness, but she's married, Nancy Hendrickson. So um, as of February 1, she'll be in uh, our interim worship leader. Um, just so you know what's happening and that team is still being led um, by someone. In the, in the wake of that, um, Christine McNeil, who is our growth elder team leader, person, great, um, will be leading the elder team that will be looking for, uh, no, I'm sorry, Lori, oh, Lori who left, Lori uh, Orender will be leading the elder team that will be looking for the replacement for Izzy, so that we really hope that by April 1, I know that's a God thing, by April 1 we'll have a worship pastor here um, that we can uh, continue to grow with, so thanks to Lori who just left for doing that. Christine will be leading the team to uh, help uh, fill another vacancy, which makes us sad, and that is Susan Ingram, 
our beloved administrator, who told us a year ago, I'll only be here for a year, um, is keeping her word, unfortunately. So um, do you want to give him just a one minute where you're going, what you're doing? You don't, but I'm asking you. So. <laughs> um, uh, one minute. So I've, been, I've never lived in a state this long or in a city this long or in a house this long. And I've never been tied to people this long. And I love you guys. And I, I would be here forever, but my entire family, save my children, have moved to Cincinnati. So I got to go. And I got a job there, and I just, um, with my brother's company, you know, so it's one of those things. But I do love you guys, and I did come here to learn, and I have learned. And I didn't come to learn what I thought I was I thought I was coming to learn conflict because I'm working at a church, and there's got to be a ton of that. But I did not really. You guys are a really mellow group. <laughs> so I, I did learn a lot of things, though, that I needed to learn, and I hope I gave some things that help you guys move forward. But um, I won't always be gone. I'm not selling my house here. I'm just not going to be here the majority of the time. Anyway, love you. <laughs> so uh, Susan is with us uh, through roughly April-ish something like that. I've been prophesying to her for the last six months, at least once a week, that God wants her to stay here. It's not working. <laughs> um, but we uh, have been really delighted to be working with Susan. She's really helped us. She has really encouraged our staff team and brought a lot of fun and a lot of passion for organization, structure. You know, those things can be fun. I didn't know that before, but they can be. So uh, Christine will be leading the team that helps to uh, clarify that job description as we move forward and um, hope to have that uh, position filled by April or so as well. So you can be praying for that. You know, that's significant transition for a, a church of our size with a staff of our size. That's a, a lot of people uh, moving. And so we're just trusting God to bring in exactly the right people for that. Okay. I did talk this morning about 24-7 prayer. That begins uh, in two weeks. I just want to remind you all again that uh, it's, it's a powerful time in our church's life. You know, through the, through the year, 24-7 prayer is just something that God has really um, empowered us to do that. And he'll meet us in the prayer room. So I encourage you to be a part of the prayer room, to invite others from other churches, invite your unbelieving friends in there. I mean, really, um, we're going after intimacy. And when we go after God, God goes after us. And I think a lot of fruit's going to come out of that. So we'll be talking more about that um, next week. Okay, Jane, do you want to pass those out? So um, what I, uh, the staff, we did this together. We put together um, some definitions for uh, the coming year so that when we talk about the Farmstead Project, when we talk continually about seed and soil, when we talk about discipling, what is a disciple, um, that you have a, a sense of what all that means. Um, we're really, you, know, you can sense it, we're moving into a shift. We're shifting into a, uh, um, a focus on a culture of discipleship. It doesn't mean that we're, we're shifting away from our passion for God's presence. It's just that God is maturing us as a church to the point where we realize the basis of our lives is the presence of God. But the impact of our lives is discipleship. So we're called to that. And we're going to keep doing it over and over and over again uh, until Jesus comes back and then rescinds the commission. Because 
It's what he called us to do. So that first page um, is uh, the vision uh, briefly of the Farmstead Project, what seed and soil is, was, the specific places where that seed and soil money um, has gone and will go. 102,000, what's the number? 102,923 dollars was pledged. Uh, we were looking for 100, so God's going to bless that 2923. I'm for sure. I don't know what that's about. Uh, 79,541 dollars has been given. So about 80 percent of what was pledged has been given. And um, we are just looking to fulfill those commitments by uh, March the 1st. So another two months. Wait, March the 1st, is that right? Yeah, because March the 30th. March the 1st, so another month. Yeah, just another, um, another month on that so um, that we can continue to do what God's called us to do. Okay. On the other side of that piece of paper, um, these are, uh, it, this is a new thing for the Vineyard staff. Corporate initiatives, all right? Uh, it just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies to say it. But um, corporate is not a bad word. What it means is we're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. And so we feel like God is maturing us as a people and giving us grace to step out and say, not just look at what we did because God made us look good, but here's what we believe God wants us to do. And so I want to take a few minutes um, and just read through these uh, corporate initiatives and we'll have a little time uh, before we end for question and answer. Um, so these are the, the five things that we as a staff are committing ourselves to, which means you as a church will hear a lot about this. These aren't the only things that happen. It's just here's what we're, we're pushing at. We want to build disciples from every generation. And so uh, Jessica has sort of helped already in our first initiative. She's uh, turned those discipleship materials into a kid-friendly resource version. We want to put even more words with that so that people can disciple their children. For instance, I'm just going to pull you out, Shodman. Shodman is in my men's discipleship cohort on Thursday nights. We're about halfway through our 20 weeks. Ethan is a young uh, lover of Jesus. So this is what I imagine as we give to uh, Shodman these discipleship materials and we together follow Jesus, that Shodman gets to turn around with kid-friendly resources and give to Ethan, who happens to be between 4 and 14, you know, um, the good news. And this is what we're going to do until Jesus comes back. I mean, this is the thing God told us to do. And we're, we're finally to the point where we're getting, you know, feet on the ground discipling one another, discipling our children, because Ethan has a call from God. We don't know what it is yet, but he's a gifted young man, and God's going to do something with Ethan. So there you go. There's my little preacher for the, for the night. Uh, increasing from 12 to 100 disciples with 50% of those discipling another. We did 12 in our first cohort. Um, we've got 14 in our men's cohort right now, another five in the women's cohort, Barry's discipling, uh, will begin discipling another group of men, and we're just going to keep doing this over and over and over again. Each one of you at some point will be able to be in a discipleship relationship within the next year and um, really walk practically through what it means to follow Jesus. We want to teach families to disciple their children with practical tools. It's really important to us that we don't just hit the middle, but we want to disciple 10 people between 10 and 18, sort of on the youth side, and disciple 10 people over the age of 50. Uh, we by no means want to 
think that people over 50, like either A, they've got it already, or B, well, you know, they're kind of rolling into the golden years. As a 51-year-old, I'd say we've got a lot more to do. Number two, we want to organize and release farmstead tools and resources that lead to transformation. We want to be real practical this year about getting resources and tools into the hands of everyone in the church because you all have hearts to tend, you all have gifts to share, you all have fields to find and to minister in. So we want tools out there for you. Um, people with giftings and callings, training and equipping. I just imagine people with specific gifts going to transforming groups, going to uh, work with the, the youth or the kids, going into Barry's um, area on a Sunday morning and beginning to give away what you have. We can't do that until we know what everybody has. And so we want to uh, work on a tool that helps us to understand that. We want to put together Roxanne and I, hopefully, right, Roxanne? Um, a bound copy of our Vineyard Discipleship materials so that we can, uh, all this, you've heard so much about these discipleship materials. As we give them out in discipleship relationships, we want to put them into a form that we can easily transfer and we'll get better and better and better so that we can um, replicate disciples. Uh, We want to build a discipleship library. We want to begin that this year, building a library of books that you can come in and borrow. Shodman wanted to know about what it means to have a prophetic gift. He got a book from Jacqueline, Developing Your Prophetic Gift. You know, people who have service gifts or hospitality gifts or a calling to a people group. We want to develop resources that people can uh, learn on their own. Uh, resource document of spiritual gifts and people and want to just begin to commission people into the jobs that they've been called to. Three, increase consistency and accuracy of communication, verbal, print, web, uh, data. I'm not going to read through all that stuff. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I've said this many times. I'll just keep saying it. Um, Just because we're a presence-driven, Holy Spirit church doesn't mean that we can't communicate well. God's uh, given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, but we want to be able to use all of our gifts and to communicate well with everyone. So through Fellowship One, when you get emails from the staff in the week, that's a resource we want to use every week. The the check-ins that you got, we just want to continually um, uh, organize our resources so that we can communicate really, really well. 3E, where it says a practice guide for leaders. Uh, Susan is beginning uh, a document that will help leaders in the church really know how to navigate the church. How do you get a room? How do you get resources? Um, what if you need money for an outreach? You know, how do you do all that stuff um, in a form? So we're, we're looking for a, a cool name for that resource. I was thinking like Field Notes or the Farmer's Almanac or something like that. But So if you've got a great idea for what that, you know, re, um, sort of a training manual, we'd love to hear your ideas there. Um, In the bigger picture, we want to embrace fully the ongoing ministry of Jesus. We we, we want to keep developing people who are um, continuing the mission of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we're doing the School of Kingdom Ministry, um, the classes that we're doing, HOTS, that's healing on the streets, coming back. And uh, uh, a number of the staff and some leaders are going to be going to a church in Fort Wayne in April that's really ahead of us in terms of understanding a culture of discipleship empowered by the Holy Spirit that's leading into mission. 
into communities that are being transformed to people coming to Christ. So we're going to start looking to other churches that are a little bit ahead of us on this missional track and learn from them um, so that we can fulfill what God's called us to do. Um, the transforming groups, if you missed it, you weren't the only one. We changed home groups to transforming groups last year. Remember, we did the Radical Together groups in January. Many, many people involved in those. So what used to be called home groups are now called transforming groups because we thought it was better to highlight what happens there than just where it happens. Um, So our transforming groups will continue and I think will grow and expand. All those are out there on the welcome board, and I see those expanding through the city in the next year. We're praying that... uh, God will bring 50 new believers into our midst in the next year. That through us, and we, as we incarnate the gospel where God's called us, that 50 people will meet Jesus. And that next year at our congregational meeting, I mean, wouldn't it be awesome to have 50 new believers up here that we celebrate, who are being discipled, who are leading their families and their friends and their coworkers to Christ. That's what I get up every morning for thinking about that kind of transformation in this city. Um, And that's what God wants to do. Okay. Number five is uh, release one fully functioning missional community. I'm not going to talk a lot about that. uh, The the term missional community is kind of trendy these days. What we really want to see is an increasing number of uh, uh, mid-sized groups, 20 to 40 people, 5 to 10 families, with a real specific geographical or demographic calling. I mean, I picture our neighborhood, Fox Run, 98 homes. You know, imagine five or ten families in one neighborhood that we could walk to who were all gathered together weekly, worshiping, reaching out to neighbors, loving their neighbors well, getting to know one another, living in the mess of life, and discipling people and seeing the gospel come and change whole neighborhoods. And I, that's what happened in the early church, and I think it can happen again. So uh, you'll be hearing more about uh, what a missional community is and what we mean by that. And uh, I just wanted to put it out there so you can begin to pray and think about it. Okay, that's enough talking for me. Anything you guys want to add to that before we go to questions and answers? Yeah, great. So, so something we didn't uh, we didn't talk about. Uh, the young adults, um, Robbie Hunt and her young adults group had a block party down in Irvington. So they're really beginning this type of group that's focused on a on a geography and uh, and communicating the gospel in real tangible ways. Uh, Jane and Edward Foken have done the same thing in their neighborhood, which doesn't have a name yet, right? Um, you, Jane and Edward live in the one neighborhood in the city of Indianapolis that doesn't have a name on the Near East Side. And we're just praying that, I'm praying that the name will just be, you know, belongs to Jesus neighborhood or something like that. Yeah. Um, good. Thanks for that. Okay. Anything else? Questions? Okay. Um, we threw a lot at you in uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Um, do you have questions? about any of that, that we can help to uh, illuminate. Mr. Anderson.
Yeah, do you want to answer that one? Okay. The question was, are we just looking for two new staff, or are there others? And I'll let Susan answer that. Um, essentially, we're just trying to figure out where we're going in the front office as far as um, we had a, a Jessica who helped out for years in the front office that answered the phones, and she took care of a lot of the care team, and she did some other things in that arena. And um, we do need someone that's going to assist us. We'd like to build up a team of volunteers, people that are interested in helping administratively, maybe to cover the tasks that Jessica had been doing so that we can utilize um, the, the salary that we would have paid for Jessica to do some other things. So with me in the seat, not certain if I was going to hit the one-year mark or not, I was thinking we need someone up there who's, you know, understands how to do graphics and can really communicate, I, Eric Anderson, um, like who just really kind of can create a picture that, that is current and speaks a message about where, what's going on and that type of thing. However, um, recognizing that that's not going to be me figuring out what I need from someone else to work alongside me, um, I, we feel like really this spot has to be filled, my spot has to be filled, and then that person has to determine what is their skill set and where are their weaknesses and what do they need from a help a helper in the office. So that we do have that need and probably we'll do something temporary. Um, I'm about to make an offer just to a two-day-a-week temporary three-month deal uh, to somebody just to be able to have a little uh, help made in the office and then we'll figure it out after. And they can kind of be a transitional person as well, since I I love um, a different kind of detail than an administrative person loves. That They love a different detail than I do. Um, and so really uh, that, you know, the things that, oh, what was I going to say? All right, and so we're done. <laughs> Other questions? a great question. So the question is, <laughs> how are we, as we add staff, how are we considering the five-fold ministry, which is something that we made a commitment to a year ago, that, which is not as easy as you would think, because when, you, when we have taken on that responsibility, it means when we come into a decision-making position, Randy doesn't come in as the senior pastor. He comes in and says, I'm coming in with my hat of teacher apostolic, and Barry's coming in with his pastor, teacher, really, even, what is it? And then Susan is coming, huh? With evangelism. I'm going, how do you say that? And then I am very focused, not on and if you know me at all, with agenda, but with what, from the prophetic perspective. So it's important, and in honesty, we hired Susan a lot because of that, because we wanted to bring that. Jane as well, I don't know if you all know that Jane actually is on staff, and um, comes, and her part of this is evangelism and, and pastor prophet if you've never spoken to her but 
if not, it's not all of the gifts as much as what are you walking in to the staff meeting, what, what perspective are you bringing for that. So thanks because it is a really, so it's, although the skill set is essential, how it fits into our team is everything for us right now. Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the question was, as we've raised this $102,000 for seed and soil, is there any sort, do we have any sort of timeline as a staff team, as an elder team? How we'll use that? Have we determined how, how we'll allocate all that, et cetera? And the answer is yes and no. Um, when, we, when we initiated seed and soil, and there's still little pieces of paper out there on our seed and soil barn door, which you can take on the way out, we were clear about you know, about 35% of, of that we see in sort of the administrative communication part, about 45% when it comes to children, youth. So we've talked about the possibility of more youth staff or youth pastor or something like that, young adults, and then uh, uh, the, the balance of that 30% or whatever that is towards mission, local mission, um, overseas, outreach, service projects, things, etc. So we know the broad categories, and we're committed to those broad categories. Um, right now, w the answer is no. We don't have a plan for every single of those dollars. We're committed to not using seed and soil money for ongoing uh, expenses of the church. We didn't raise $102,000 so we can, you know, toss it into the kitty to do our normal stuff. That's money that's designated for those particular types of things. Some of that was designated towards administration, so it helped a little bit towards Susan's uh, salary. Some of that will go towards making sure we have the right person in that admin position, possibly helping resource that graphics person, etc. As we look towards youth, some of that money might go towards staff. It might go towards revamp of children's area with um, um, tech type stuff back there or administration. We're already giving more money out in terms of short-term missions and thinking about giving to uh, groups within the church that are doing those demographically targeted missions. And so we're looking for real practical ways to resource the church, and part of that seed and soil will go there. What we want to do is to be able to, when, when we do something with seed and soil money, kind of put a tag on it for everyone so you can see hey, we've got this cool little, uh, what's the thing? The check-in station that moves around. That cost X number of dollars. Look, that's seed and soil money right there. Look, we, you know, we, did, uh, we, we, sent, we gave this money to Mexico for missions, etc. That's seed and soil money. 
So we want to be able to communicate that so you can know. We want to be accountable for that money. And um, uh, Steve Orender, who's just rolling off as an elder, was also our treasurer. So our job in the next few weeks is to uh, fill that treasurer position from our current elders, and that treasurer will be committed with Susan and then the new administrator to making sure that all those numbers add up and we're, it's accounted for. It's a really good question, Eric, and not one that you, you ever need to shy away from. It's good. Dale. Do you want me to do? Yes. <laughs> um, well, correct me if I if I say something wrong. So the question was: so uh, aside from seed and soil, how's the how's the church doing? So we did run a deficit last year, which means that our savings is smaller than it was. It was never enormous. It's less than not enormous now. So I mean, we we have a savings of twenty thousand twenty two thousand dollars. That's just kind of what. Uh, is sitting in the bank for us to go back and forth with. Um, so that's money coming in and then money going out. So um, the our our actual numbers on Sundays have gone down in the last year. Our giving has not gone down to the same degree. And actually in these last couple of months, our giving has gone up. So as we have pulled our budget down, our giving has actually gone up, which is a really good sign. Um, one quick add along those lines. If we look at 2014 giving compared to 2015 giving, we actually gave more this year. It wasn't by a ton. It was like $12,000. But still, I mean, we've had some change. And um, I think the good news is, you know, God still takes care of what God's behind. And I'll, I'll add one other thing to that. And um, many people have come to me, some are in this room, have come to me since the Seed and Soil Initiative you know, and told me these stories of, you know, you asked us to pray and we prayed and God gave us a number and then we gave the money, but we didn't know how God was going to do it. And I've just heard story after story of God providing for people giving. Um, so I think that, I mean, I know that we as a staff are really encouraged by, one, the faithfulness of God's people, and two, the absolute faithfulness of God when we step out. So any... For any nonprofit organization that runs on donations, a budget is a step of faith <laughs> because we don't sell products. People don't buy things. We gather in the presence of Jesus. We give to the work of the kingdom, and then we use those resources as God guides us. So giving and, and functioning is faith in and of itself. We're encouraged right now. doesn't mean it's easy, but we're encouraged right now. You can follow that. You know, the, uh, every, every single week in the bulletin, you'll see what the budget is, what the weekly goal is, what was given, and but through the month what's given. And also, we have an open book policy. So if you ever have questions about finances or the status of the church, you can always call and ask. Yeah. Um, Josh, did you? Yeah. Anything else? Do you want to close with the, yeah. We are so lucky, and Tracy, do you want to come up? We're so lucky because we get to end this in celebration. 
Marsha Calhoun's birthday is today. 